Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Archery Country Podcast this is your host, Wade, as we're sitting in the Rogers studio today, crack-a-lacking with the boss man, Mr. Dan Block. Howdy. Howdy, howdy folks. Doing? Yeah, howdy, folks. This is a cool one. This is kind of on a whim, honest to God, as we talked about it. We had some pretty cool podcasts lined up and some hosts. We had to switch around some dates. But today, uh, our social media team, led by Desiree, sent out a little feeler ask us some questions first time we did this i think it was about a year ago maybe mm-hmm. a year or two i don't know i think keith was on that one right yeah, yeah we did 21 questions for the pro shop text and uh this one's called ask the pros neither of us are pros but we are pros in the pro shop i guess you could say right but uh it was <laughs> we're overwhelmed with the response because people are feeling more comfortable there's some very serious questions on here and we'll do our darndest to answer them correctly and then there's some not so serious ones, which will be a little comical. So it's going to be fun. It's uh, we'll just we'll kind of bang through them. We'll sit down and talk to you for an hour. And uh, if we do use one of your questions, we're going to have a little giveaway. We're going to throw them all in a hat. Desiree will pick it, and then she'll get in touch with you per DM or messenger, or however it is. But mm-hmm. One of you, one of you that submitted a question is going to be a lucky winner. A little cool prize package from Archie. Come Country. on down. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I love it. <clears throat> all right. Again, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking all that. Make sure to check out our YouTube videos. There's a lot of the, some of the stuff we're going to pertain to, and there's a ton more coming out. Kind of gives you a visual. I like YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's good to kind of see what's going on with that. All right, first question. You want to start or you want me to? We each, we each have a, we do have a couple. You, you say the, uh, you say the question. Okay. Yeah. Because I'll have to scroll you, you back. Them, and you got forth. them all on your phone there. So yep. All right. Very first question. We'll start. Uh, <clears throat> there was two links to this on Instagram and then also Facebook. The very first one is how do you hunt with a hinge? So this we're not going to say names. This customer or somebody who's been to the shop obviously knows a couple of us a little bit. Oh, you hunt with a hinge? I, I guess have, I. Yeah. I do. I've had a few mishaps in the past, and then I shoot a hinge for target archery mm-hmm. practice. 99% of the time, I shoot a hinge. You shoot a hinge way more than I would ever think, mm-hmm. and you've hunted with it. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it, some of these questions are going to be a little bit more vague than others. I guess how do you hunt with a hinge? I don't do anything different than I do with my target archery. There is a new product out that I am going to try and I'll explain it to a little bit, but I think what the what the or the question was pertaining to is like, do you set it up any differently, or if if that's not the way the question was forwarded to us, that's the way that we're going to take it. Which yeah, uh, good question. Um, yeah, absolutely. Myself, you go first. yeah, I so I run one. Um, it's a true ball with a wrist strap on it, um, just because I like to have it pretty much hanging right there. And actually, I run a click. Um, I know some people don't run a click for hunting, but I like to see kind of where I'm at in my rotation. Um, and I don't think it makes a difference either, especially at like a 20, 25 yard shot. If they even hear that click. Right. I don't, um, for, for the listeners that are listening that don't know what a hinge is in a release mech, 
can mechanism that you're using to fire your bow we have a wrist style which is going to be your index finger you got a thumb style handheld you can activate with your thumb a hinge you actually don't activate with a button you rotate it or pull through you're activating a sear system Mm -hmm. so it's it and usually all of our hinges we don't it doesn't hook to the string that's why you got a wrist strap on yours Mm -hmm. i just this new one that we're going to talk about I put it on, it comes with a wrist strap. I just changed out a few things on it. <clears throat> but uh, for the last eight years, six years for sure, uh, on my binocular harness is I got a little spot for my hinge, and that's just right where I put it. I can easily grab it, hook to the string, and pull back. I do set my hunting hinge just ever so slightly colder, mm-hmm. so it takes more rotation for it to fire than I do my target. And the reason being is when you're sitting for a lengthy amount of time, it could be early season, late season, cold, hot, doesn't matter, but all of a sudden you need to draw back. Right. Uh, I'm maybe not as precise on my format or my structure of going through my shot sequence, so I want a little colder so I can draw it back fast, slow, have the Plus, tension. Yeah, plus in a hunting situation, your your mind's already... Yeah, it's possible. Right? <laughs> if you're gonna If you're going to pull your bow back, there's probably been something leading right. up to it. right. Um, there is a new, there's a new product out. It's called the Scott Verge and it is a hinge wrist strap hinge, but it's not activated by, so on a hinge, usually it's a handheld and it's a three finger or four finger. If you take your hand and you're, if you're driving right now, just look at your hand and flip it over. Or if you're listening to this and then close your fist and then open up your fingers halfway, you see there's a little arc and usually that's where your hinge sits. But the Scott Verge is something unique. It's brand new this year. We have them in the shop. They're relatively affordable, a very affordable hinge, and it works good. Yeah. It, it, it looks actually like a chicken wing from True Fire. It does. But it, yep. it works entirely different. Yeah. So it, when you look at it, it kind of looks like a hook wrist style chicken wing yep. uh, index. But you're you're actually, it's a hinge that you fire with your, f- your first finger. Your finger <laughs> and your middle finger. Yes. Yeah. I stutter in there. And um, it does have a click. We do have the no-click sears if you're worried about it. Nope. Is it loud? Maybe a little bit, but like Dan said. <laughs> that, that'll stop your buck. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah, you don't yeah, have you don't man. Yeah. Um, but I shot the Woods 3D tournament or shoot with it, which is 45 targets. And I, uh, after, I had to set it a little bit hotter than it comes out of the package. And I changed the wrist strap out a little bit. One of the cool things is you can lengthen or or decrease the length of that wrist strap so it fits in your hand very, very nice. One thing I love about it is I can draw that bow back without any hesitation. There's no safety in the and I Nothing is good. That, it yank, will not fire. Yank it back as hard as you want. Yeah, yeah you hit the back fire. wall, and yeah. it's there. And that's the Scott Verge hinge. I think they retail for 140 Around there, yeah. yeah. And, again, you can get a no-click if you think the click's too loud or if you just don't like shooting with the click uh-huh. like you said i it kind of i like the click because it tells me like i'm too point. Right. i rotate to the click and then i stop and then i pull and then you do your shot execution right yeah yeah so that's a pretty cool question um we got people calling already this morning so let's go to our next question of the day i gotta click in and out and go back and through and open up should have had you just look at it all right here we go um all right what are you guys doing right now or in the coming weeks to prepare for private land for fall hunting 
I think they're pertaining to food plots, maybe mineral. <clears throat> I'm, I'm guessing. Um, the the one that kind of throws me for a group it was probably private land because public land you can't do anything. Right. So good question. The question again is, what are you guys doing right now or in the coming weeks to prepare for private land fall hunting? Well, right now, not doing anything. Um, beans and corn are already planted. And we're going to try something new on one of the farms. Um, we're going to actually underseed corn, silage corn. So the one farm, 90% of that corn is used for silage. Mm-hmm. So it'll be harvested super early. So they're going to underseed. The way they're going to underseed is they're going to put uh, brassicas and turnips and rape and all of that stuff. They're going to broadcast seed it mixed in with the fertilizer. So the corn right now is just poking through. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets up to, I'm not a farmer, never claim to be, but it gets up to a couple feet, then they're going to underseed it, spread in fertilizer with that broadcast seed, that other stuff in there. So when you harvest that silage corn, which usually they do in September, depending mm-hmm. on moisture content, then there's going to be, well, a plethora right. of green. It's probably right. not in the right spot, but it's going to be food. Right. Um, our main kill plots will be put in between July 5th and July 20th. Uh-huh. Um, and again, Kanadi Land Management Systems can answer any of your questions on that, or you can stop in the shop and we can cook you up with seed. But that's, I mean, we have a month yeah. before that really kicks in. I don't put trail cameras out until then, middle of July, end of July. Yeah. Some guys have them out right now, and it's cool. Uh, Jason up in Brainerd, he got a picture of a baby fawn. Uh-huh yesterday and then bucks are starting to develop they're just little but uh, i'm not doing anything with tree stands i'm not doing anything we did have terrible terrible storms we lost a couple hard blinds we got to redo that this year but again that's going to happen in august july and august i guess Mm -hmm. when things are hot and nasty and buggy and um you didn't dan didn't really you have private land you hunt but you don't own it right you have permission as much as i used to but um just the normal cleared shooting lanes, check stands. Um, I did draw bear tag this year, so um, I am working with a, actually a customer here. Um, he's got some land uh, north of my place, so kind of getting some stand set up and, you know, baiting areas figured out and cameras and then also trying to figure out the whole baiting situation, what what I got and what I can get and all that fun stuff. So That's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's another question we got later on, but... Uh you and Keith yep. drew bear tags where I hunt is no quota, but we don't really have bears yep. once in a while. Um, I mean, we'll talk about that when we draw tags Yeah, or the tag draw there. You get, that's, well, we, yeah, we, that's like more preparation than hunting. Right. Bear, yeah. bear hunting, at least in Minnesota. Yeah. It's a, it's a full-time job really for how much time it takes and to money. Yeah. Get, yeah. And you know, gas is super cheap right now too. Which is well, great, you, know, yeah. you get the app. You get, right. you get the app and do that. All right. What is the what is the best way to avoid falling back into bad habits when shooting? Keep shooting. Correctly. <laughs> um. Just it. I I hate to say this. Just be mentally strong. You know. And if you have a bad day, then put the boat on and start fresh tomorrow. Yeah. I think the issues that you see where people just develop bad habits is they'll shoot for 
they'll shoot when it's 90 degrees outside. Yeah. They get frustrated. Yep. Then, then that's when bad habits kind of develop. If you're having a bad day, just put the bow down and start fresh the next day. And, and that's, that's the really nice way to say it. Um, Dan, you could probably be a mental coach because you're always positive on this. I'm going to say it like this. Let's say you're a fat ass and you drink sugar and eat sugar. Like if you want to get skinny, you diet and you work out and you mentally you're strong, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking, like there's things to help you quit, but you just quit and you got to be mentally strong. If you have, if you've overcome target panic and you're all of a sudden you got good habits, don't go backwards. Right. Be mentally strong. And, and no, look at his, at what has worked in the past. There, yes, exactly. Like, what did it take to get you right. to if be you good? put yourself down like a wormhole and it's not working, dig yourself out. And it's funny how the human brain works. There's some, some things that you can just, like, easily pick up and do right and mm-hmm. do right a lot. Uh, archery, I, I kind of compare it to a lot of golf because I'm a terrible golfer. But, like, if you want to become really, really good at golf, you do it the right way, the right practice. You practice. I I hate the word practice perfect, but you practice correctly. Practice is everything, yeah, especially in archery. Um, There are some guys, I might be sitting across from somebody, that doesn't shoot as much as it takes other people, but you shoot when you need to with this job and kids. Obviously, time is Mm -hmm. not, time is more valuable than money, but when you practice, you practice with a purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. You either A, figuring out your arrow build, or B, sighting in your pins, or or C, you're on, like, the final stage of preparation. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to have to kick it in gear a little bit earlier this year mm-hmm. because right away in September you're going to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I There are some people that can just pick it up and go. There are some people that can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of the people that have to shoot. It's, you know, let's say I had a tournament. It's two or three weeks before that tournament. A hunt, you know, a month, two months. There's a lot more testing that goes into hunting than there is shooting field mm-hmm. or shooting 3D. So I is how, what was the question again? How do you, what's the best ways to avoid falling back into bad habits? Keep shooting. Yep. Keep shooting correctly. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a question. I'm proud of whoever sent that in. Some of these I don't know who sent them in. Um, I should have answered and, this And there's one. more... There's more stuff out there to help you get better than there ever has been. Have it be YouTube or just basic articles or, you know, there's also a lot of BS out there then too, but take everything with a, with an open mind and take what you need out of it. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get creative either. And then ask. Right. A trial by error. I guess you'd say. Good question. Uh, which hang-on tree stands do you prefer and why? How much cover do you each like? I can tell you straight up. Um, hang-on tree stands, I've had them all from Fleet Farms, cheap ones, to now the Millenniums, mm-hmm. which are relatively, you get what you pay for. When it comes to tree mm-hmm. stands, I use Millenniums, preferably the M60 Ultralight. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit bigger guy. I don't have to backpack in, but if I did, <coughs> I can still do it. It weighs like 13 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bigger seat, bigger platform. I don't need the back support. And it's, 
an adjustable platform so it, you know conforms to the tree a little bit more yep, too. and a seat yeah so you if you have a little funky pitch you can figure that out uh, i really really believe in millenniums and i'm not just saying that because we sell them in the shop but the way they're constructed i've never had one creak or pop and then for tree stand safety like hanging them mm-hmm. is super easy because it it's a it's a cam lock receiver so it just drops right in it's like wade said it's it's the safest option out there if you're talking you know putting it up on the tree you you put the receiver on first and then you yeah you your stand yep. and just drop it right in it's so what i like what i do is i hang my sticks i get up to my spot i always have a, a lineman's rope around the tree connected mm-hmm. and uh then i hang my receiver wherever it may be and then i take my pull-up rope for my bow and i actually have it connected to my belt and then i just pull a stand up click it in one bobby pin or not a bobby pin a key pin and then i always run an extra strap i don't some guys don't but i do just mm-hmm. for when i shift or if i have to stand different in there um it, it said the question was particularly a tree stand so we won't talk about saddles but that's something we're exploring a little mm-hmm. bit i got my first one line actually i think you and i got them together mm-hmm. um i've only used it once i like it a lot but for my rut stands my early season not having to pack a bunch of stuff in and be hot and nasty and all that millennium is mine M- mine is a millennium m60 i know you run the m7 once in a while yeah, so actually I have I have an M I have a couple M50s which is a steel version. Um I have an M7 micro which I love. Um M100U. I got a couple of those and then actually an M150. How do you like your How do you like your the M150 to me is just way too big, but I understand for yeah. all day. Yeah, so I I personally like the M7 the most. I think it weighs eight and a half pounds, folds up super small. So if you're public land hunting it's sweet. Um and then I like like that M100 too. A little bit heavier, but it has a little bit nicer seat to it. It does. I think a slightly bigger platform, too. And we will have a uh, YouTube video coming out. Um, that you did, right? Yeah, yeah. I ran up to Nate's farm, and uh, we actually hung them in a stand, and we go through all the specs. Yeah. We actually did three. We did M7, M60, and the M100U. There are three number one sellers. Um, just for what we're talking about, it, the M50, that's a steel. Everything else, the ultralight version series is aluminum. Do you... Can you tell a difference? No. Your M50. Uh, mine's steel. Um, the M50 a, is. But it has a cam lock receiver. The M25 is steel, but no receiver, I believe. So the M50 is like a little upgrade. Is it bigger? Or is it the same It's size? a decent sized platform. It's, it's yeah. a bigger than an M25. Okay. Gotcha. But Millennium. And then, yeah. And then as for like brushing them in, I, I personally don't brush in my, or sorry, I, I leave more branches around my area then maybe then I should, but I like to have a little bit more cover. Um, yeah. I, I try not to cut too much. Limbs, yeah. So, yeah. so I make sure that I have, you know, when we, let's just say you have 180, 200 maybe degree around yeah. your tree. I try to have at least four shooting lanes if I'm in really thick. Mm-hmm. Um, usually early season, I'm on a field edge yeah. because the deer are only a, couple yards 50 yards 100 yards off food but i'm usually on a field edge i think back cover has more to do than undercover mm-hmm. um you know we all have had does and young bucks and whatever walk right under the stand and they may look up i did a podcast with 
um, the sit good guys and they talked about deer and their, their sight and how it's lateral. Mm -hmm. So when you have a deer, we've all had a doe like peg in a stand and she moves her head up and then down yep, side and, to side, yeah. and, and up and down and side. They're trying to find, because the way that their eyes work is lateral, not vertical. So I think back cover, I don't really like to hang in a small tree. Again, I'm a bigger guy, so I look like a blob. But if I have some back cover for most of my shooting, lines, mm -hmm. I guess I don't really think about it. Um, I've seen some videos where guys will take like cedar branches and put them in the bottom of the stand. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's wrong. I think it's a lot of goddamn work. Yeah, I've I've done it before. Um, <clears throat> and then speaking of um, like tree size, I've I've actually hunted out of some pretty small cottonwoods down in Nebraska. And in that situation, if I know that there's a scrape in front of me or there's a certain deer trail that they're going to be using, I'll actually put my stand on the exact opposite side of the tree just so I don't get pegged as easy. Oh, so you're turning around, yeah. lift the seat up, and then stand and shoot? Yeah, and then shooting basically behind the tree. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Kind of be like, like your saddle would mm -hmm. be, you know, yep. figuring the tree at your face. That does make a lot of sense. Hope we answered that question. Good. All right, um, God, there's just a lot of good ones. If each guy from the shop had to pick one member of the shop to hunt with, who would they take and why? That's pretty in-depth. Um, if each guy from the shop, well, it's unfair because there's only two of us, but we'll answer it. If each guy had to take, had to pick one member of the shop to hunt with, why would they take and why? <laughs> okay, without hurting feelings. Um, Dan, you and I have never hunted yet. I've hunted with Jack, turkey hunting. And I've never hunted with Keith. I've bow fished with Keith. Mm -hmm. I would say people are going to hear this and then just completely get mad at me. But I probably wouldn't hunt with Keith because he's so indecisive that I might pull my hair out. He's a hell of a hunter. Does very good. He's gone through a lot in the last couple of years that most of us probably wouldn't go through successfully. And he harvested, not his biggest buck, but a really good buck last year. Mm -hmm. And a doe. Um, it's a question like, like company-wide? It says shop. So I assume they're talking to this shop. But let's do this. Let's go archery country. I would say probably Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. You guys and are I, both. And, I, and I've hunted with them before, but I, I yeah, really but you guys really are enjoy. both like superior. I know you're both fans of like Donnie Vincent. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can get him on a podcast, but like go and go hard. Um, I, Brandon has been on a couple podcasts and he talks about his out West hunting and you go one or two trips every year. You've gone with him. Mm-hmm. You guys would probably click, plus your best buds. I would say, man, that's a tough one there. I would say Jason and I would be more apt. We kind of think the same. Jason is one of the managers up in Brainerd. Yeah, I guess I would have to say that. Jason and I would probably be. I'd like to say Jake, but um, I don't have I enough. I with Jake, too, and he's, he's fun to hunt with. Yeah. yeah. We all have the same mentality, so no, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you right now, if I get a chance to go to hunt with anybody, I would. Mm -hmm. There's not one I wouldn't go with. Yeah. I like guys that, that like you said, kind of go, go, go. Yeah, and yeah. I think, I, I, I'd i like to say I'm like that, but we both know I'm probably not. 
Um, and maybe Keith would be the right fit for me because we think things think too much. But another another deal is some of us have private land, some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Some of us hunt different, some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Or yeah, does that sound no, pretty I think conceited? It's, yeah, it's all situation-based. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Jack, Jack's a hell of a... I mean, he's had some awesome opportunities. And the cool thing about Jack is he's humble enough to admit that he has been blessed. Somebody's put him on them spots. Somebody's helped him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not... 99% of the time, he's not just saying, thinking, you know, he's Michael Waddell. Mm-hmm. But he, he's been... he's On his part, he's done very well. Mm-hmm. Executed shot. We don't know how many misses, but... Uh, yeah, Jake's been Yeah, but everywhere. for a 22-year-old kid, he's shot some nice deer so far. He has. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Nate is our video producer for YouTube, also works in the archery. Adam's just kind of getting started. He had a successful turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott up in Brainerd, Alex. Alex mm-hmm. is a hardcore dude. He's a recur or a traditional archer, mm-hmm. but I think he has a compound or two. Let's go to the next one. All right. Uh, <laughs> who's the best shot in the shop? This is the question. Who is the best shot in the shop? Question mark. And then parentheses. Why is it weighed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the answer was correct. Um, yeah, you're definitely the best shot. No. Okay. I am. I shoot target and I'm a social media dork. Like, I like seeing myself on social media. So I post when I shoot good. And when I don't shoot good, some of you guys aren't on social media, but you, as far as the best, we have, and I'm not, I'm not here going to lie, we do have shoot-offs mm-hmm. in the shop. You put three or four bulls in a pen, we're going to butt heads once in a while. But we'll go over, and, and one of the things we do here at Archery Country is we do what we call three-arrow best group. So it's not just one lucky shot. Mm-hmm. Last year, I got my butt whooped. We actually did a YouTube video on this, and Dan beat me. Remember the toilet paper? Was that two years ago? I think oh, it was two years for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's beat me, and he's beat me on camera. So you can't say Wade is the best shot. I will say this. I shoot more than most people. You, you put in your time, and like we, we were talking about 10 minutes ago, if you want to get really good at something, you need to – you need to practice and especially archery and you put in more time than anyone. And that's why you're the best. best shot I, I appreciate the compliment, so, but yeah. I'd, I'd say I might be the best shot at this shot, but I'm damn I'm sure the not best the best shot regarding hitting white tails in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got stories. So. Yes. That is good. I've, I've messed up a few times. Um, we're going to skip that question and go back to it. Uh, what is the best way to get involved in shooting leagues at Archery Country or any other, any outdoor league? What's the best way to get involved? Um, I, for our shop here, Archery Country in general, each location, just go talk to the, the guys behind the counter. Come talk to us. And if you still, like if you need somebody to kind of help you, we can kind of tell you the, the routine and practice schedule of some of our big league dudes and you can get in with them it's honestly you just got to swallow that pill and go shoot with guys and our leagues are really laid back um yeah they're if you want to have just fun that's mm -hmm. it's a good league um 
Yeah, that's kind of the best. There's really no pressure, and the reason I say that is because you do not have to shoot a designated day. You have six days to do it that week. Um, We do have guys that shoot together because we have a team format, you and one other. So we do have a lot of that. But the best way to get involved is just ask questions, get on forums um, pertaining to Minnesota. I know this podcast goes all over, but there's like Minnesota archery shoots. Outdoor leagues are a little bit different. Outdoor leagues, you got to be committed because they happen once a week and sometimes weather can be suck. Sometimes it can be 95 degrees and you don't really want to shoot, but those are the guys that are like dedicated and that's their way of like, if you drive somewhere and practice, you're going to practice, right? If you're in your backyard, you may shoot five or six arrows and be done or kids are screaming or something may happen. But to get involved, I'd say just get on social media or stop in the shop or, you know, there's a lot of clubs around. We're, we're down here in Rogers. So there's, there's 15 clubs within 30 minute drive of here and you can become members. A lot of those leagues, you don't have to be a member. You just got to pay a fee. So just get out, just ask questions. We'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at? How many times has Wade fell asleep bow fishing? Coming back from bow fishing, that was twice. For the dude that asked that question, I was. It's only been okay twice with you. I, the older I get, you could be talking to me if I'm tired and I'm in a vehicle, especially not driving. I didn't fall asleep driving. I just I don't know what happens. I zone out. I've been there. Hunting trips. I did it the other day coming home from a 3D shoot. It was 3 in the afternoon. Really? Tired and Paul was yabbling away. I think he's talking about politics. <laughs> and next thing I knew, I woke up and we were in Monticello. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, okay, yeah, all right. But, yeah, thanks uh, for that one. My bow fishing buddy just pointed that out. Um, Here's a cool one. Father's Day shout out. This is our favorite hunting stories with dad or grandpa. Um, I'll let you start on that. Your dad's one of the coolest dudes in the world. I've fished with him, hung out with him. Not a big hunter though. Um, oh really? No. I didn't know that. No, he. Uh, I think the last year he shot was 2003. Um, I don't think he's hunted since 2010. I don't think he's ever actually shot a deer with a bow. Um, but my grandpa never hunted. Big fisherman. Okay. So I kind of learned by myself. Um, my dad was always there to, to help me, but it's not mm-hmm. a key. He shot bull. Um, best story I have, I was at my grandpa's dairy farm, which was north of Richmond, Minnesota. And I shot a doe one night, and it looked like a decent shot, maybe a little bit further back. I, wanna, I don't want to say liver, but kind of in between lung and, and liver. And... Uh, I said, hey, let's just give it some time. And my dad's like, no, let's just go look for it. You know, both of them, not a big understanding. Right, uh, yeah. I need to let a deer set. It's not like with the shotgun. And uh, next thing I know, my grandpa's driving around with a four-wheeler in this general direction that this deer went. My dad's just kind of, I don't want to say tromping through, but they didn't know any better. And I'm like, hey, like, we got to get on this blood trail. Otherwise, it's going to get run over by yeah. the four-wheeler tires and whatnot. Um and it ended up finding it only went 100 yards, but I still remember <clears throat> kind of freaking out because my, you know, I'm looking at my dad who is 30 yards ahead of us, 
just kind of, you know, walking through possibly the blood trail. And my dad, my grandpa's zipping around on this four wheeler and <laughs> like, oh my God, we're not going to find this thing. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of stories regarding bow hunting um, with, with either one of them. Shotgun hunting, but yeah. nothing really archery related. We were <coughs> in Payson, Arizona. Man, there's quite a few because we grew up pretty close family, and my dad still hunts. Not as much as he did, but still hunts a bunch. But we were in Payson, Arizona. This would be the second trip for my dad. And uh, he had shot a really nice bull the first time he'd been down there. So confidence was on his side. And I had, we had went back the second time, second day that I'd went back to the same area. It can get pretty nasty in Payson. We were in uh, unit 22 and the way this draw worked, I'd hunted the day before and there was two bulls in there screaming and some cows. And I wasn't like, I, I didn't have the go get them mentality. I was kind of trying to be a whitetail hunter and sit and wait and it mm-hmm. didn't work. And the next day, uh, my dad came with me and we went down in through and we made the move. Like he located a locator bugle and they fired back and we quickly made a move. So I was always on his shirt tails, like falling in there and we got set up and it was just a small bull, but, uh, he asked if I wanted to shoot it. And at that time, you know, I, I had dreams of what he had shot the year prior mm-hmm. and it was a big non-typical bull and it was pretty cool. And this was just a little, you know, just a, it's just a, just a bull. I don't even know. You wouldn't even score it, right? But it was a bull elk. It was legal. And I, I remember him asking me if I wanted, and I said, I was afraid if I said yes, you know, mm-hmm. or if I said no. Like, I was afraid to respond. I said, no, go ahead. And he's like, I, I have no problem. And I was, like, over his shoulder the whole time, perfect shot. And then the pack out. Was this rifle or bow? This is a rifle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bow hunting. I guess our favorite bow hunting story with my dad is in Custer, South Dakota. We used to have some property out there. And uh, through my uncle and my dad. And, man, there was so many trips mm-hmm. where we, we were all together all the time until you. And we'd hang tree stands. Very mm-hmm. few spot and stocks. But he shot a really, really nice 11-pointer that I was with him. But yeah, I guess that would be that Father's Day that and Father's Day's coming around the corner. This kind of ties into that. I can tell you working at a pro shop, there's some things that my old man will not like he wouldn't go out of his way to go get that would make his hunt, his hunting life easier and having the ability to be here and like understand products. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff that'll make make his life easier especially you know getting a little bit older and and having some situations where things get cold and that uh you know i've turned him on to sitka Mm -hmm. that's kind of helped out a little bit um he was a bow hunter i wouldn't say like hardcore Mm -hmm. until we all started doing it right and then i remember my middle brother and dad got his first bow was a pse bow madness Mm mm-hmm the real little one, whatever one that was. The uh, XS or whatever it was. Yeah, you restrung it yeah. a long time ago. But anyways, um, he got to the point where he had target panic really bad, and then with a back injury and shoulder injury, he couldn't pull back but like 50 pounds. 
and he'd shake real bad in his shot instead of being able to shoot 50 and then he was only comfortable under 20 and mm-hmm. you know getting close and he'd missed a couple turkeys and missed and he was just he it deflated his balloon right he quit hunting bow hunting and with his injuries he he could get a permit and we and he got a raven um turned him on a raven. since then like he shoots the strings off of it every year mm-hmm. we got to replace that and he's been very very lethal yeah shoots turkeys now with a crossbow Hunts September, October, November with a crossbow. He lets his grandkids use. Cr- mm-hmm. So it kind of like breathe the life back right. in. Right. Yeah. There's a ton of gifts. I know that we turn this into a sales pitch, but there's a ton of things in here for dads. Yeah. Go, go about it like what makes your hunt easier would make their hunt way easier. Uh-huh. You know, forever. My old man didn't know what a range, like he didn't use a range finder. Even just something small like a thermosol. My dad yeah. doesn't even hunt anymore, and he I showed him a thermosol 10 years ago, and yeah. for fishing, it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hanging on the boat or, yeah. or close to you. Right. That's a heck of an idea. Or just Archer Country Swag. Right. Uh-huh. Support it. Yeah, thanks, Dad. I guess we'll say that. Uh, what tags did you guys draw this year, and how are you perform? how are you preparing for those hunts? I didn't have to put in for, or, well, I mean, I, I got points. Mm-hmm. Brandon actually hooked me up with Hunting Fool, and mm-hmm. I got a couple of points going on. I'm going North Dakota, Minnesota, Missouri for whitetails. Pre- preparation is going to be trail cameras, and I don't do our food plots. I provide the seed, but I don't do uh, Missouri. Stands are all hung. Um, North Dakota, we may switch stuff, but stands are all there. Uh, we may, we'll spend two days at each place getting ready, but nothing. Are you doing South Dakota? Did you say? No, no yeah. more, no more South Dakota. Okay. Um, just North Dakota. Sure. But you, uh, successfully have a bear tag. Yep. Still waiting to hear for Kansas. Oh yeah. They're still, uh, still haven't released that information. Um, if I don't hear from Kansas by next week, um, I think it'll be too late to put in for South Dakota. I got some um, points for West River Rifle, Black Hills, a um, couple other things in South Dakota. So if I don't draw Kansas and it's too late to draw South Dakota, then I'm, I'm going to do North Dakota over-the-counter whitetail or Nebraska. You're going back? Well, no. I got no other choice. I don't want to go to Nebraska. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I wouldn't mind going to Nebraska. It's just been a little slow. It's been tough on you, but it has been good in the past. Yeah. Um, are you going with anybody on any of those? If I do North Dakota, then I was going to talk to you about. Oh, yeah. We could figure something out, maybe. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I just got a message, and this isn't live, but just got a me- another question on Instagram. I'm trying to figure out how the heck to get to that. Anyways, um, so yeah, yeah. as of now, it'd be whitetail Minnesota and bear hunting, but possibly. What are you going to do for your bear hunt for like baiting? I don't know anything about bear hunting. Uh, so couple things for like bait, um, granola, uh, checks, not checks mix, uh, trail mix. Well, you're going to possibly hook me up with some checks mix. Maybe. Yep. 
Uh, I mean, I'm I going got, to. I, gotta find I just don't want oil, and and then I got to talk to some other places regarding like bread and that kind of stuff. So sweets, sweets, no protein. We'll, we'll see what I can find. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keith got a bear tag. I don't think he put in for out of state. He's still questionable on like what he can and can't do, right? Yeah, I think he's got some limitations still. Uh, Jack puts in for private land on South Dakota, so he really doesn't have to get the archery in by the first. Right. Or I guess it's already done. Yeah. May first. April. Or April is it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Jack's going. He's got really good farms here in Minnesota, so he'll concentrate on that. Um, who the heck knows where Jake's going? And all the other guys in the shop. Mm-hmm. I assume Brandon's going out west somewhere. John's going out west somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. This one is um, <clears throat> kind of pointed towards Wade and Jake. But we'll talk about it because it is a request. Stories about Vegas shoot. Are Wade and Jake the only ones from the shop who have shot it? Uh, what did you learn from shooting it? At what point in your shooting career did you decide to go to it, and would you shoot it again? I, I'm pretty sure you've never been there, have you? No. Okay. All right, Vegas. the Vegas shoot. The Vegas shoot in Target Archery is the Super Bowl. It is the highest-paying shoot that we have um, in the archery world. Any, anywhere you go, there's USA Archery, there's NFAA, there's all these different organizations, there's ASA, there's IBO, but the Vegas shoot is the highest paying that happens at the South Point Hotel and Casino, uh, just south of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's usually second weekend in February. It's a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday shoot. You shoot a Vegas target, which is three... <clears throat> circles uh, there's a 10 ring nine ring eight ring seven ring so on and so forth a round is 30 arrows perfect score is 300 a perfect perfect score is 330 x x count is counted for tiebreakers i gotta look back at the question stories about it um yes myself i've shot it i don't know how many times jake has been out there not only with the booth but he shot it multiple times i think we're the only guys from the shop that's ever josh lubin's been there way back in the day he used to work here yeah in cloud and then has adam i don't know if adam's been to vegas or not he should if he hasn't mm-hmm. that's all that i know i got some cool stories about vegas but i'll try to keep it short and sweet um yes i did have the very first trip to las vegas nevada for the vegas shoot i won what we call flights flights is not the professional shooters flights is amateur um but there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shooters the shoot probably brings in about 2600 shooters from all over the world and flights they pay out a ton of money i won flights i didn't have a clue what i was doing but my first round i shot a 323x second round again no nerves didn't have a clue i was shooting with some super cool dudes one of them was um, actually handicapped, so it was fun to kind of get into that. He was a veteran and to hear the stories, and I was the youngest one in the group. Second round, I shot a 323X, and then 
you know, the, the word you're watching the scoreboard and you're on the top and people are like, Oh my God, you could shoot clean. And I didn't even have a clue what that meant. And the third round, I was on the very last bail with all the guys that were still clean. And I shot my best Vegas score at that time at a tournament. And it was a 328 X. I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, I still remember the only nerves that crept in was the very last arrow because then it, <clears throat> you had everybody watching and uh i shot it clean shot a 976x i won flights mr 900 now, there's uh three of us in the state of minnesota that have done that i know i'm sounding a little bit cocky right now but something to be proud about uh myself sawyer sullivan is another individual and uh, i'm gonna <clears throat> kick myself for forgetting his name but there is one other gentleman that has done that it paid really well. The coolest thing about that story is my wife has nothing to do with archery. She does shoot a bow once in a while. Watching target archery is like watching golf. If you're not into it, you're not going to watch it, right? So she had watched the first couple of ends, and then she went down to the casino floor and gambled. And then she came up when we ended, and everybody's celebrating. You're taking pictures with your pro staff, blah, 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 blah. And I was not pro staff, but and uh, she come out, big smile, and did you win? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super awesome. I didn't know how much I got paid. And uh, she's like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I said, why are you so happy? Why are you smiling? You know, whatever. And she goes, oh, I, I won too. She won like four grand at the slot machine. <laughs> so uh, bad stories about Las Vegas. <laughs> so the next year I was rolling on cloud nine, like, okay, I'm the big dog. I'm going to hang out with the pros, right? So I enter the championship shoot, and we shoot down on the main arena floor. And there's a couple hundred guys on the line, guys and gals. And I'm shooting with, for those of you that know Target Archery, I'm shooting with a gentleman by the name of Rio Wild. First round, I shot a 326X right where I need to be. I'm with the guys. At that time, I'm shooting Elite, uh, Elite Victory 39, and east and x27 so riding with the brand get all your pictures you know i'm top of the world i'm with some of the best guys archers there is and i shot clean and we're sitting good second round i had way too much confidence but i was shooting good we get to n7 which is right after the flip a couple ends after the flip you shoot five ends on the top target and then you switch your target to the bottom and i step up to the line i remember it like it was yesterday and i Shoot my first arrow, inside out, dead X. Shoot my second arrow, inside out, dead X. Like, awesome. And all of a sudden, there's guys that are shooting next to me, and guys behind me on the line are like, Wade, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? And I didn't get it. Like, it didn't click. And you only have a couple minutes to shoot three arrows. I'd shot the wrong target. I'd shot real wilds target who was on top and I was supposed to be shooting bottom. So I fin I do, I put my third arrow in my target right away. Those two arrows are zeros. I'm out. I'm done. There's no more tournament for Wade. Like you, you finish, but you're, did you're you hit, did you hit the town or no on Rio's. Yeah. They're yeah. both inside out. Yeah. So what happens when there's 200 archers standing on the line is the referees stop. Yeah the shoot after that everybody's cleared and it's called the walk of shame so you 
out of all those archers in an arena with thousands of people around you, like you got to walk down and get your arrows. Well, the ref said, don't worry about it. I'll do it. So you couldn't really pinpoint who it was, but you can see because our goddamn name is on our target, Grinegar. Both of my arrows are in Rio Wild's target. They have to ask Rio if he wants a new piece of paper because... Right. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Wade, awesome shots. I don't have to replace my target. (laughs) And he didn't. But uh, that was like a very humbling... Right. And then I've been back three or four times since, and I've shot 899s, which a perfect score is 900. 899 gets you a paycheck, but it doesn't get you to the big show. Mm-hmm. The amount of pressure at the Vegas shoot is unlike anything I've ever experienced in the world. We can all hang a Vegas face over here on the range and shoot pretty well. You can shoot clean, high 20s, you know. When you get down there, I still have not been able, and I'm pretty good with words. I don't know what it compares to. It's... It's not only an emotional ride, but there's so much pressure because one arrow takes you out of everything. Right, right. You got 90 arrows, and if one of them's bad, you're done. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the Vegas deal. Will I go back? Absolutely. I'll go back until I can't shoot. And the cool thing is I got little guys coming up the road, mm-hmm. and eventually they'll probably make it. Is it ex- it's expensive, but it's like a vacation, you know? Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about Vegas is you go do other stuff. Right. You know, because we don't live there. Right. But, uh, yeah. All right. So now I got to do a little searching as far as questions. We answered all the questions on that one page, which is really cool. We like this. We got time for a couple more. And I will get that up here. Um, how do you handle the situation where your younger brothers are always harvesting larger and more mature bucks than you <laughs> with far less superior equipment. Well, I don't have any brothers, so I think this is directed towards you. Uh, yeah. Do you you know who that is? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I, I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> How do you handle the situation? <laughs> You're such a dork. Yes, I do have two younger brothers. Yes, they're very successful. One of my brothers is like a gadget dude and has the newest, the greatest, the best. He's bought from Dan forever. And then now for me working here, my youngest brother is a dork. When He is very, very tight with his money. He still has a diamond black ice. The old single cam from uh, mid-2000s. Is that called a black ice? That was a good yeah. bow for diamond. Yeah. And his draw length's too short. <laughs> and he has arrows that I fletched eight years ago. And he's one of those guys, when you open his Plano protector bow case. There's broadheads falling Broadheads everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. There's a grunt call, a range finder. It's never been cleaned. There's bloody arrows. There's, yeah. And he still shoots them. I appreciate those guys. They just, they just get it done, you know. And I'm also a cheap ass, so. Well, I mean, you're not, but you are. <laughs> Yeah, that. Thanks for that one on the uh, the question. There's a couple other questions. We'll just leave that alone. So, um, all right, you you want? Should we do one more? Two more? Sure. All right. Let's go to a serious question because we're kind of we got off topic, but we're being educational in the same sense. Right. On that, um, center serving. Do you think it's necessary to reserve your center serving on custom strings or factory strings? 
I just replace your strings myself. Because I feel like at some point you're just going to get some rotation. So they, they said on a new set. Oh, on a new set. Well. So do you need to replace... I'll show you who this is. Um, do you Not need like to replace the center serving on a new set of strings and cables? Well, cables are out. But a center serving on a new set. Well, there's a... I don't... I guess if you're using different knocks... On a, on a brand new set of strings and cables, I wouldn't. Who sent that? Erwin. Do you still not know who that is? Erwin? Yeah. Part-timer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So on a, I would say if you do not want to get a brand new set of strings and cables, then if your center serving is cut, absolutely. We do it all the time. If you, if it's mashed, sometimes we see really, really tight knock fit. Center serving this day and age, I'd say 10 years ago, absolutely. Yeah. For me, like, I feel like the price difference to get, just a new string compared to just a, a reserve. Yeah. Just, I personally would just spend a little bit extra and just get a and new string myself. String. That's just me. But so the center serving is where your D loop and your knock fits. Um, the industry has grown so vast that knock fit is virtually all the same. There are some difference when I'm talking knock fit where the knock actually attaches to the string, not pinch. Don't yep. get it confused yep. with that. We will take care of knock pinch with knock sets or D loop material. Well, really, there like if you're talking knocks, there's only two companies that I can think of that make different, like with difference, right? Like knock sizes, right? Yeah, yeah. Easton and I would not. I don't have to when I get a brand new set of custom strings from 365 or Gas or Zebra or whoever it may be. I don't mess with the center serving. No. Uh, the tolerances are so tight that I don't see any difference. I do shoot for, like, my long-range out west set. I do not shoot lighted knocks. For my whitetail setups, I do shoot lighted knocks. Even the new nocturnals, like the new nocturnal shift, there's not a difference in knock fit the where I have to replace the center serving. If you are going to be one of those guys that like doing things yourself and you get a press or you don't even guess you don't need a press to do your center serving, but you get a jig, there, there is a phenomenon on YouTube about replacing your center serving. Like you got to be very careful and you got to do it right. Like we have a jig here that helps mm -hmm. us tension, twisting it on or putting it on the right way. The right center material. serve has to be put on the right way. And the right material. And there's material, just. material, size, not only material, but also the size, you know, like you can't use a crossbow center serve on a no. compound bow. It wouldn't fit. It wouldn't work. You can't use end serving either. Yeah. So to answer that question, no, I wouldn't mess with it. Just like Dan said, I'd get a brand new set of strings and cables. If something now, if it cuts, like okay, you cut right, your center right. serving. I mean, then if it's yes. a brand new string and something happened, or yeah, or um, we've had to do it a couple yeah. of times. We still haven't figured out that problem. I think I solved it with different knock set material, but his center serving kept getting cut right where his knock was, mm -hmm. and we've replaced the knocks. We've gone to different knocks, and now the third time we're trying a different knock set, and he hasn't been back. So. Mm -hmm. Just keep an eye on it. It yeah. will it will flatten if you got too too tight it's of too tight, knock. It will, it will flatten it. Or, yeah. yeah. 
with that being said, um, last question of the day. We do appreciate everybody sending this in. This question has been asked quite a few times. Um, once in a while, we'll avoid it. But I'm going to change the question just a little bit. Instead of being fixed blade versus mechanical, I'm going to have you tell me what you think your best fixed blade is and your best mechanical. And I'll tell you my best fixed blade and my best mechanical. Because it, it's still a, in the realm of archery, it's still a 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. half the, maybe, maybe half are using mechanicals, half are using fixed. Mm -hmm. They've gone, they've, they've, both of them are phenomenal. There's different reasons to use them draw length weight mm -hmm. what's your, your your desired game target we're not here to to do the versus deal but your best mechanical your best fixed uh fixed i got a sweet spot for slick tricks love slick tricks shot a lot of stuff with slick tricks so i do like those um expandable i got two favorites um g5 megamate and a rage no color perfect <clears throat> my okay so i'll say this with a grain of salt i don't shoot a fixed blade broadhead i got some from you a couple years ago it was a striker v2 mm -hmm. they fly phenomenal they cut phenomenal um i would say if i had to i would probably look into the kudu mm -hmm. which is a single bevel um you can get a bleeder on it but it's a two blade fixed head you can get them 100 125 150 grain and the reason i say that i'm going to put a lot of weight on a really good friend of yours and mine that shot him down in oklahoma and then also in wyoming on a whitetail hunt and he had a awesome success with them mm -hmm. so that would be my my number one and number two fixed blade as far as a mechanical i switched to the rage tripan no collar no yeah. collar um, that's an aged titanium last year had a lot of success i've used rage forever but i also got turned on to grim reaper the pro, pro three blade yeah. and that is a little bit more of a swept back angle so it increases my penetration three extremely sharp blades and has a very very nice chisel tip mm -hmm. and that's the three blade pro series um, has a black collar that's how you can tell the difference between it so those will There's be a my lot two. of good ones out there. There yeah. is Mega Me and I've shot those. They we've done a lot of testing with those in the yeah. shop, and they're 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 bad bad boys. There's a lot of good heads out there. Yeah, and then there's some that you want to watch out for. Yeah, you know, just ask. That's yeah. the easiest way to do it. Yep. Easiest way to do it. But Dan, I think this is awesome. Hey Keith, how you doing? Oh, we we'll get Keith on the next one. But we surely appreciate these questions. Again, what we'll do is everybody that submitted a question, we're going to throw you in a hat, and uh, we'll pick out a name, and we'll get a little care package. It'll be at the shop, or we'll send it to you, however that works out. Thank you for listening, folks. <clears throat> Absolutely. You want to do the closeout? No. Uh, it's all you. You sure? It's all you. Thanks on behalf of everybody at Archery Country for listening to Archery Country Podcast. Don't be afraid to shop on our YouTube channel and click like, subscribe, so you can get all that notification. Also, brand new to us is archerycountry.com you can chat with the pros at any time about any product just get on there and they'll get back to you thanks again and we'll see you on down the road thank you for listening to archery country podcast 